Welcome back to Dice and Salt. I'm Lord Richter. And I'm Lady Toast. And we're here for your next episode. So tonight we're talking about episode 79, No More Secrets. And boy, were a lot of secrets exposed there. I do want to say right off the bat, one thing I noticed before even starting the episode, this is the shortest episode they've ever put out at like 48 minutes and change. I, you know, I did. I, uh, I noticed it was shorter. I did not go back and try and scroll through and see if they'd ever had a shorter episode. I did. I spent about five minutes doing that because <laughs> I wanted to know. Nice. So yeah, it's the shortest episode they've ever put out. And yet we'll probably be talking about it the longest. Uh, indeed, indeed. It was very much a uh, very much an exposition episode. I mean, it was lots of background information, stuff that we we hadn't know, we did not know, information that now that we have it ties a lot of the flashbacks together mm-hmm. and, and pulls a lot of things together. It really does. All right, I guess we can just start. Yeah, up let's the just beginning. jump right in. I guess first things first. Erasne is voiced by Michelle, and so you get a lot of Michelle talking as Erasne. I know, this she's so good. I adore her performances for all of this. I've adored her since she started doing Mctana in the first book, and she just knocks it out of the park with this performance, and oh, it's it's so good. And her performance as Mctana is award-winning. It is actually award-winning. <laughs> and we will have it more is. on that later. We found out at the end of the last episode that the undead woman in the mask is, in fact, a Razni. Uh, and apparently she's been pulling the strings all the way back in episode four. There's a, a person in Thelias's flashback. You know, they're never mentioned who it is, but, you know, it's it's alluded to. So, you know, this is a, a very much an ongoing thing that Alex has been seeding throughout the podcast. I'd be curious to know which episodes he's actually put her in without maybe us realizing or, you know, things like that. But um, I don't know. I guess we'd have to ask him. I'd be curious to know which episodes he's put her in that she was a reference to her was not in the AP. Yeah, what he's changed, what he's making work with the story. Yeah, he where, where he tell. decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss that in there. I'm going to make this a little more important. It'd be good to see. Because I, I, I assumed a little bit that the flashbacks that he was doing at the starts of the books was information provided by the AP. But now I'm beginning to wonder, maybe, maybe. not. You know, maybe there was some broad stroke. This is what was going on. And and he was just putting it in there to, I don't know. Good question for the next recap, I think. Or if we can get him on here. Yeah, that could be yeah, tough, though. He's busy. He, he is busy. And, you know, he shies away from, from journalistic, you know, integrity. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if he can't control the narrative. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> we pick up this episode where we left off the last one. In a basement. In a basement, and Erasne is sitting in a high back chair inside a circle of salt on the floor. Very clearly salt from GM Alex. That's it's why there's so much of it. Very much so. He called it a snow fort mm-hmm. made of salt. Maybe it's just his way of calling out the players for all of their antics. Look how much salt you've made me produce. Look at this. It was entertaining when they asked, you know, how you know how much salt, <laughs> you know, and how how big is the yeah. salt? Wondering if they could even step over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was entertaining. I have to admit, when Nick said that, I, w- I was not thinking of like, oh, is it like this giant wall of salt surrounding her? I was more of like, oh, he's trying to figure out, you know, how big uh-huh. the circle is. And can we cross it? To me was like, can we step over it without breaking the circle mm-hmm. or, you know, a common magical thing. And uh, very, very entertaining. Very yep. entertaining. That was my thought, too. But no, Alex went straight to the snow fort. Maybe he was, he's trying to protect himself with his salt at this point. That's right. He's trying to he's trying to bury himself in the salt and hide. You can't get me in my salt yeah. cave. Go away. Keep the water away. <laughs> but uh, she seems to be doing that to uh, protect herself from, from scrying. You know, it seems both Geb wants her back and Tarpafon would want her re-dead if he knew she was around. I don't know if he knows she's still around because he was obviously sealed away. I would imagine if he had contacts to the outside, it's not that big of a stretch for him to know that she's been raised as an undead. Yeah, I don't, not knowing the relationship of the Ghost King Geb to other undead, like, you know, how much they gossip, you know, hey, we're followers of Tarbafon, you Gebites, <laughs> you, you knuckleheads. Yeah. 
you know, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a, a secret, though, that he raised her and he made her the queen, his trophy wife, essentially. Yeah, yeah, that I, I it doesn't seem to be. I assume if Tarbafon has agents on the outside, someone would have told him. So I assume he's probably looking for her as well. And that's why she can't really leave this sanctum that she's found. She does mention in the episode when they ask her about what's going on and she discusses that, you know, I'm trying to avoid being scried on. And the, the unique properties of, of mm-hmm. the keep and the water and around like the, the keep. the lead and the painter and the mortar. The, the, the lead and the mortar and then, the you know, adding the salt and the runes of her own design, you know doing all of that she explains that she does have a link with Tarbafon and that's because he murdered her and then obviously Geb has a link to her mm-hmm. through the phylactery and that's we find out she's a yeah. lich and apparently is still a, a good aligned no, creature no she's not she's not because I went I didn't know anything really about her and so after this episode, I was like, I want to know her official backstory. Officially, she's a neutral evil. Oh, really? Yeah, she is. I wonder why she even cares about going after Tarbafon then. That's interesting. I mean, I think she's still bound to do that. I don't think that went away. Or maybe she just wants her vengeance. But yeah, she uh, officially is neutral evil. Huh. I mean, not that you can't have evil characters, and by characters I don't mean PCs, I just mean characters, that are interested in not having their world or planet blown up. And so they would act to stop someone who would. But she just doesn't come off as uh, neutral evil to me, I guess. She said herself in the episode that she was only interested in like being petty and, you know, self-serving. I know she didn't use the word self-serving, but, you know, in in that kind of thing, which, you know. I don't recall her actually saying that she was only interested in being self-serving. I recall that she said she was the only person in Galarian with the will and the ability to act. Yeah. Or the desire and the ability to act. Yeah. But I think at one point she mentions that she doesn't care about a lot of things anymore. She's very into... Well, she did petty. mention she's if it was just the Knights of Ozum, she'd let them grind themselves into a bloody, you know, pulp mm-hmm. against Tarbafon's armies. But it's not just the Knights of Ozum. I mean, the whole world goes kaboom. So... Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I would have absolutely 100% thought she was uh, she was somehow still good aligned. It doesn't say she is. So unless Alex has changed her for this specific telling of the story, officially she is neutral evil, which is kind of an interesting twist because we don't usually get a whole lot of like evil characters aligned with the PCs, although I guess Dondon was in the last book. So it's not unheard of. But Yeah, but I mean, he's kind of, you know, they capture him and then he kind of realizes the full scheme of this thing and oh dear god i don't want you know i'm evil I kill a guy here or there but slaughter thousands oh that's that's beyond me mm. so i mean it this is different because it's someone who's you know openly evil i guess or yeah. evil because they are i know later in the episode matt's character cricks asks her to her face whether or not they can actually trust her because she is in fact undead and she basically tells him no you can't you shouldn't trust anybody well she doesn't say don't trust me she says don't trust anybody I assume that would include herself in that, but. Well, yeah, but I mean, there's, it's interesting. It's, you know, you have to trust her or you would never give her the feedback so she can go attack Tarbafon, right? I don't think they have to trust her in this. I think they can just, I think Crix says it pretty succinctly. He's like, our goals align in this and I will do this, but I don't, I don't think they have to trust her. I think they probably will, but I don't know if. Okay. So it's, it, maybe it gets to the deeper philosophical what is belief, what is trust type thing, because she says her goal is to wipe out Tarbafon. Mm-hmm. She says don't trust anybody. And then she expects that they're going to contact her and keep her up to date on information that's critical that she will need in order to attack Tarbafon effectively. Mm-hmm. That, right. to me, is trust. I would see it as more of them just working together to a goal. I don't. Well, she doesn't have a she doesn't have a, another team, so she can verify the intelligence she's getting. Which means at some point they're going to tell her, "Here's where Tarbafon is." She's going to step outside that salt circle. She's going to teleport, and she's counting on the witch gates to be down. Mm-hmm. If they're not down, her teleport's going to be screwed. And then Tarbafon knows where she's at, knows she's out there gunning for him. So surprise is gone. Yeah. There's a lot of trust that's going on here back and forth, despite the don't trust, don't trust, don't trust. True. She has to trust them to do their job, and they have to trust her to show up when they call. So we'll see how it goes. Right. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be entertaining for sure. Mm-hmm. 
And we got that uh, Gallo Spire was confirmed destroyed. It was. It, it, yeah. it also seems that my theory of Tarpafon using the PCs as his escape plan was shot down as well, because he basically escapes on his own using the uh, the shards. Uh, you know, theories are theories are, are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. That's true. And uh, honestly, you know, I think if the AP had not involved Erasne the way it does, or had not involved Tarbafon using the shattered shield or the shards of the shield or whatever you want to say, it would be a very legitimate theory that there's some kind of wacky, you know, I'll do this, throw this out to these guys and then try and use my alkalites to, you know, push them back towards me somehow, even maybe make them believe they're doing it for a different reason, but. Oh, well, it's a good theory. Yeah. <laughs> We move on, and I guess Crix is the only person that could have asked this question. He asked whether or not they should involve the Knights of Ozum, and Arasni gets real upset by that. She gets upset. Not quite as upset as she gets when she has to talk about Rossi. True. There's a whole different level of upset there. True. This is more a general hate for the Order, whereas that is a very deep hate for Rossler personally. Okay. I have to make this comment. You have some notes here, and I'm reading mm-hmm. your notes. And Joe suggests making Voltron, uh-huh. and I'm not sure that's how Voltron works. Is it not how Voltron works? No, no, this just tickles the crap okay. out of me. Because, yeah. <laughs> because she gives them items, <laughs> and they're like, they're these very good items. Oh, yes, yes. The Penelope of Erasmi. Panoply? And, uh, or Penelope. I, I think it's Panoply. Panoply. There you go. Sorry. Panoply. What I remember Joe saying is, hey, are we all going to give this to one person and make Voltron? <laughs> then, of course, you know, you saying, I'm not sure that's how Voltron works, you know, because you're supposed to have them separated and then come together, I guess. I don't know. I just it it just tickles me and makes me giggle. Because well, I, I thought Voltron was five separate pieces that came together to form Voltron. Five lions, tigers. I assume they're lions. Well, yeah, it depends on which. <laughs> now I'm going to go Voltron nerd and, and I'm going to hate myself a little. I wasn't sure that's how Voltron works, and so I wrote it down. Uh, well, you're you're right. It's not how Voltron works. You don't give one guy all mm. of it, and it works. I just it it tickled me because to me it was so we're going to make the super guy with the big weapon that's going to cut down the bad guys, right? <laughs> that's what I heard Joe saying. And then you're like, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> uh, we get something that I don't. Th- think has actually been done before they might have done it in skull and shackles but i don't remember it happening at all in in tyrant's grasp where matt actually cuts in after they've done recording like during his editing to give us information because apparently they didn't record who got what item and it seems like matt and nick kind of made out like bandits getting two apiece and our genus gets one cricks gets the rapier and the graveward shirt which is a badass shirt and then you know utrid gets the ring of evasion and the Soulminder. I don't know that they've cut before mm-hmm. for the division. I think what's happened in the past when they've had something like that is they've had like a, hey, everybody, here's what we got or something like that. Or here's mm-hmm. how we divided the loot. It just seemed odd. I was not expecting it. Well, I Matt did say that they forgot to come back to it yeah. while they were recording. Just interesting yeah. to me. But like I said, it feels like Randolph didn't really get anything from this. Maybe he lost out on all the roles or this stuff just wouldn't work for his character build. It could be that Joe just decided he didn't want it, not realizing whether it worked or didn't work for his character. Also a perfectly valid reason. Crix continues to be interesting. Not sure what's going on with him. I've got a thing for later towards the end of the episode about him. And uh, yeah, we'll cover that in a minute. But um, I think this is the point where Uhtred asks about Rossler and... uh, Oh yeah, (laughs) Nick has to use a hero point because he wants to get his sense motive right. Apparently, his character has a negative one in sense motive, and he wanted to at least get the information. And he rolls a one for a zero again. (laughs) Again, this I think this is not the first time he's used a hero point and rolled a one on his sense motive to get a zero plus his eight from his hero point. Yeah, it's becoming a thing. I think indeed he just should leave that up to someone else. I know I know he wants to do yeah, it. Yeah, he just but needs to go with his gut. His character is, is built for yeah, that. Yeah, he just he needs to go for his gut. Personally, I don't put any points in sense motive. When I build Pathfinder characters, I just find the mechanic broken and useless because even though you use sense motive to give you information, you can then choose to completely ignore the information it gave you and say, "Nope, nope, that person's a liar. <laughs> Sorry." And I'm like, then why have sense motive? Sense motive is supposed to give you some of this information and you should have to play off it if you're going to make the roll. You shouldn't roll and then say, well, I rolled shitty, so I know they're a liar, so I'm not going to fall for yeah, it. Yeah, it's a bit metagamey, but it happens. You just kind of got to control yeah, yeah. it in your own games. The guys here don't seem to do that. They tend to play with what they get from Alex. They do. They do a really good job. I see that you have a prediction here, and I like uh, this. 
and I want to mention it's it. just I'm not particularly well versed in the way that Paizo likes to write their APs. I'm pretty sure if we asked Zeno that he would be able to tell us exactly what was going to happen based off of all of the APs that he's read. Um, but my prediction is the big climax with Arasni is going to come at the end of Book 5, where the PCs have made it through Ustalav, they've made it to Galaspire, found where Tarbafon is hiding or gathering his forces or whatever, you know, and they, they shut down the Witch Stones or Witch Gates. Witch Gates. Yeah, they shut down the Witch Gates, and they call in Arasni, and there's this big battle at the end of Book 5, and she loses, like, because it just makes for drama. I don't know. I could be completely wrong, and this is a Book 6 fight, and, you know, they end up winning. I don't know. But this is my prediction that, you know, she loses, and then the pieces are like, oh, shit, we have to do this now. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I've been interested to see how this one goes, because I know from the from some second edition stuff how Galarian gets changed by the events in Tyrant's mm. Grasp. Yeah. I haven't read any of yeah. that stuff. Knowing that, I'm like, I don't I don't have any idea how it's gonna go. Okay. So we'll have to I mean I I'll have to see. I we we just I, I don't have any idea. Well, I'm anxious to find out. I could see yours your solution being correct, but then I could also see that if that's true, then perhaps that might then ensnare Tarbafon and Geb the Ghost King into a war because you just can't kill one man's wife and expect him to, you know, go, whatever, I'll get another. True. We'll see. Yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna be gonna be interesting. All right. Now we gotta talk about the elk in the room. Yeah, the sentient elk in the room. We gotta talk about the sentient elk in the room. Apparently Erasni I guess you predicted this a while back that the person that went to Elksy. Yeah, one or two episodes after Thalaeus's death, they got. It might have been mm-hmm. after they got out of Rossler's coffer, and then there was a and, and even completed the temple. And we go back to Elksy in the graveyard, sort of standing watch over Thalaeus's grave, where Thalaeus was. Yeah. And then, you know, a person in red, I, and I don't remember if it was said in red, but I just, the, the approach and all that stuff, I just was like, oh God, this feels like this to me. Turns out you were right. Yeah, it turns out it was a Razni. She kind of saw herself in Elksy, you know, she wasn't really given a choice to be Thalias's summoned companion. She was kind of chosen by the gods, you will go and help Thalias. I'm not sure that's how it works. I don't but, know. Okay. That's what I felt was implied by that, but. Oh yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what's implied is that Elksy gets picked. I think for me, at least, if I remember my first edition player's handbook, Paladin's Mount, correctly, I believe the animal has a choice to Mm. respond, i.e., I want to go do this. And so they have a choice. But whether that's carried forward in Pathfinder or not, who knows? The other thing is, as I now know, is that Erasni is neutral evil. So saying Elksy didn't have a choice could be deliberately misinterpreting because she doesn't like the process or the gods. Possibly. So in either case, she gives Elksy mm-hmm. the opportunity, I guess. But here's, here's the catch that gets me. When you do the awakened spell to awaken the animal, the animal doesn't have a choice, as I understand it, from reading it, whether they get awakened or not. So that no point can they say, no, I'd rather not be. Send me back to the fields or the forests or the whatever. So Razni's a hypocrite is what you're saying. I'm saying the possibility is there, yes. And I'm not trying to say that most assuredly it is. I'm not trying to get there in a technical rules lawyering way because I don't think that's the intention of the story that we're being told. I don't think so, but Um, it can certainly be interpreted that way. But I do think that the possibility exists that perhaps Erasni is doing this and is maybe not being 100% truthful with both us the dear listeners, and herself. Interesting. Now, whether that turns into something, I don't know. I, as I said last episode, believe that Elksy is here to be the GM PC that, you know, Toast has been diligently mm-hmm. getting confirmation of, designed to suck us in yet again and result in a fatality for a character we're invested in and bring us more pain and suffering in this I darn mean, you, AP. You seem to have bought in completely. You've started Elksy for everyone on the Discord, so... I actually wanted to call it Elksy's Gang because the name for a herd of elk is a gang. <laughs> but uh, that got shot down, apparently. The only really other thing that we should mention about Elksy is she seems to dislike Thalias now. 
Yeah, there's something weird about her and uh, her and Thalias. I don't understand that necessarily. I'm sure we'll get more of that as we go. Yeah, and I know that they have that they talked some in the episode about how much of Thalias is Thalias, mm-hmm. um, and how much it sort of just looks like him. And uh, so they, Joe and Alex, are kind of working at that out as they go. I assume that as the story needs to be told, that's where we'll get the information on that. So I'm looking forward to see how that develops. Yeah, me too. And then, uh, yeah. The only other thing I've got would be uh, the thing that I kind of alluded to earlier, which was uh, the thing with Crix. Apparently he can transform himself into a nicer, shinier version of himself. And all I can think of when he does that is that Crix is a magic girl from an anime. And so all I see is him twirling in glittery lights and posing at the end of it and everyone just kind of staring at him. <laughs> so is, is this where if I said like Sailor Moon, I wouldn't be you too would, far you off? would be hitting it right on the head. Okay, I really hate myself now. But no, okay. it's fine. Uh, it reminds me almost exactly of that where he activates his little hat and suddenly he's a crimson hood. <laughs> It almost makes yeah, me wonder I, if he's running a vigilante because the personality change is fairly big. It's a big shift. It's possible. I'm a little afraid he's doing a psychic or, or some variant of a psychic. But yeah, vigilante would be a good guess. In fact, I think it's a better guess than mine, to be honest. But yeah. I guess we'll uh, we'll see how it develops. The one last thing I think that we should for sure mention is the question from Uhtred about Rossler's grave mistake, which is interesting. It's funny, uh, not in a haha way, but it's funny that it's Rossler's grave mistake, not his grave crime, not his massive blunder. Mm-hmm. Complete overreach. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a mistake. It's a grave mistake, but a mistake. Mm. I strongly suggest everybody, you know, listen to that, soak that in. That is uh, some just fantastic monologue by Michelle there as a Razni. And uh, wow. Wow. Very good. Speaking of Michelle, we actually uh, did an interview with her. So I guess that's kind of where we're at at this point. We've covered the, the whole episode and we should go talk to Michelle. I agree. Let's go talk to Michelle. I guess we'll start off with the kind of the same thing we did when we introduced ourselves. Uh, what's your history with tabletop games? Alex isn't here. You can say whatever you'd like. <laughs> um, the only thing I have ever played is Pathfinder. And that is because uh, like 10 years ago or so, I finally joined in on a game with a couple of his friends. Actually, uh, Matt Talbot and Nick were in there. Matt's wife was there, and I think Matt's brother. I mean, this was a long time ago, and uh, if we're being completely honest, I wasn't completely coherent the entire time I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> had, um, had we been drinking? Was this was this booze-assisted gaming? I mean, maybe, maybe some other things. <laughs> oh. Um, well, no. we'll only talk about those if they're legal in the state you're that, listening. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do anything illegal ever. It's not me. Um, no, of course not. But yeah, so I played for a very short time back then. I, of course, picked like a ridiculously hard character and I got a lot of like looks because I overthink everything I do. And I believe it was like a wizard. See, I'm very not versed in this. And I'm sitting there trying to read spells and I'm overthinking. And I had a familiar, it was an owl named Archimedes, like from the Sword in the Stone. And he just had to be part of everything. And I was usually, like I said, not completely coherent. So I was not the best person to play with. (laughs) Um, And it didn't last very long. I don't know if I just left or if it just kind of ended on its own. I I don't remember. Are, Are you suggesting they ended it to, you know, get rid of you? It's possible. There, there's, there's a decent possibility wow. there. I'm just, I'm just amazed. Alex would do that. Well, at that point, Alex and I were not actually a couple, so. Oh. You know. He let you slip away. He had a girl showing up to his table, and he let you slip away. No, yeah. I mean, complicated here. You're getting like a little insight into our lives. We were together before that, and then we were just friends, and then oh. now we're married. <laughs> So at that point, it was just like, you needed a break from him, didn't you? (laughs) No, I think it was mostly the other way around. (laughs) But then I played for the first time in 10 years. The other day, we had a couple of friends over and Alex ran a one shot. And I've spent many years rolling my eyes at him 
with gaming and Pathfinder and I keep telling myself he could be like it could be a softball league or something just be grateful he's home like that's just <laughs> I'm like gaming tonight like I'm that wife and he tells me about it pretty much every day right and because I'm trying I want to care I wanted to enjoy it and I enjoyed it years ago so I'm like <laughs> why don't you put the effort in you know what I mean like because you obviously enjoyed playing it and uh one thing that I've heard him say in the past was Podcasts that have female voice actors tend to do better than all male cast because it's nice to have that dynamic in there. And I said to him, I was like, um, well, why don't you have a girl do the female NPCs? So it was your idea. It was 100% my idea. <laughs> oh my wow. goodness. Uh, that naughty little game master. <laughs> he said he asked you to do this. No, no I had suggested he... that he have females oh. do it. He did ask me to do this specifically, but I said this mm -hmm. so long before he asked me. I'm like, most of you have wives or significant others of some kind. It can't be that complicated to just voice an NPC. And then when he goes, well, I'm not just going to start doing it now when they were in the middle of Skull and Shackles. So they start Tyron's Grasp and he's just like, so I had an idea. <laughs> And I ended up doing a voice. <laughs> Suddenly he has the idea. I see how it is. I mean, it was definitely him bringing it back up like months later. So I'll give it to him. I'll give mm -hmm. it to him. I, 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 I will give it to him. It's <laughs> very clearly it was your your idea, your suggestion that, you know, hey, if this is the case, you should bring a girl in. And, you know, he tried to weasel that out mm -hmm. and, you know, make it seem like it was his clever idea. No, but it was his idea to only do it for, like, the major characters and not just, like, the random female NPCs they might run into that have, like, two words. I think that makes sense. And I guess I was going to ask you about it later. It, it, I assume that would be a lot of work if you're doing multiple PCs or, you know, for Matt when he's editing, trying to match all of those voices. I would assume so. I mean, so far I've done pretty lengthy things, so it was probably easier because he was already in the zone, not just like, oh, I need to find this voice clip of Michelle who's just saying, go away. Like... <laughs> figure out how to stick it in there like i get why they did it yeah so when they do it they're playing and then they come back and have you redo that part yeah alex does all the voices he does this the speeches the lines whatever the interactions and then he writes up like a transcript he spent like two and a half hours for the episode that came out today just completely transcribing the interactions between the players and the voice i was doing so I would know exactly what they said and why he reacted the way he did and how he thought I should say it because he, he goes, well, this is how I said it. And we kind of would, you know. They don't have an audio version for you to listen to? He, they do, but for whatever reason, he always types it out. And I think hmm. I know why. I think it makes him feel better to know that it's said the exact way because he's very particular but also because I'm very particular and I will not do it off the cuff. I have to read them and understand them and try to figure out how I would want to say it without ever talking to him. Like I come into it with a, this is how it was in my head. How did you do it? And then we kind of meld it together. I think it plays wonderfully, to be honest. I, I loved McTana when she first appeared and I heard that different voice. <laughs> was very excited. And I love that you've come back as a Razni for this. That's just, ah, it's wonderful wonderful it was it's <laughs> nerve-wracking because i'm very judgmental of myself and i like the way i sound in my head i don't like the way i sound on <laughs> recordings so i won't even listen to it he's like oh come oh, on I, just i, I have not that. listened to a single thing i've done <laughs> oh please listen to the the episode you that just released please it ah oh, you sound so <laughs> wonderful you really do i don't especially like how i sound when i hear somebody else's recording or things like that but you should just listen to it i yeah. that, all that work and going in in the context it's just phenomenal yeah I, it I mean, was that, fun this one in particular was fun and at one point he had to like stop and he goes you're gonna have to move your body back because you're getting really emotional which is good he goes, but it's really loud when you're that close. <laughs> wow. You could definitely tell that you put a lot of thought into it, you know, especially with one point you end up staring Utra down and I'm listening to it and I could just see it in my head. This undead woman who's trying to be nice and trying to help them is just staring this guy down and I could, it was so well done. And I stared Alex down while I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Because I like had to get. I had well, he to get deserved in the zone. it for some reason. I don't know what, but he deserved it. I had to get in the zone. You know what I mean? Uh, 
mm-hmm. like, so how how exactly, what kind of posture do you think they'd have? Do you think this is how she would have been sitting in the chair? I'm going, because I get that it's voice acting, but if you don't involve your entire person, it's just going to sound like a monotone speech, in my opinion. So poor Matt <laughs> having to listen to me be like, <laughs> how about that? Or what about this? Or how about this? <laughs> I'm sure he's used to that with whatever yeah. ends up on the cutting room floor with the the normal episodes. And it ends up being pretty different than the way Alex does it sometimes. Like, he really? lo- he goes, that is not how I did it, but I like it. Oh, that works. Or he'll go, I liked that, but can we just do the last line again? Because I really wanted it to sound like this. The rest of it was good. If you could just do the last line the way I had it in my head, I think it'll have more oomph. And I'll, I'm like, okay. All right, <laughs> if you're going to rain on my parade. No, I, I was wondering about that because sometimes the tone of the conversation in the episode doesn't quite match the tone of your response. N- not that it's, it's ever been like a big thing, like it's just so off that I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't handle it. It's just, I've just noticed that and I sort of was wondering where that might be coming from. I mean, obviously some of it is where the editing occurs and things like that. Mm-hmm. But wow, that's it's really interesting. I hope you keep doing it. I just pulled up the the transcription he gave me for today's episode and he has like a whole paragraph in there about um it just says the silliness slash immaturity of the moniker for Rasma 4 using a goddess's name to denote their group almost like a group of children naming themselves after their favorite jousters you can't help but find levity in the notion and for a moment you find yourself speechless and briefly forget about your rage at Udrid even as you only leave the moment for a second when you come back you're reminded of how simple and dare you even think nice it is to be among mortals so like he <laughs> takes the time to put stuff like that in there to help me but is that helpful? It is because oh, okay. that's where I'm like, oh, but that's probably where the differences come up where you're like, oh, that that reaction isn't what I was expecting because mm-hmm. he writes me a script with notes as opposed to me listening to it. I can see why he makes the notes, though, if he's adding in all the extra stuff. And he does. There's well, like right. all kinds of blurbs in there about his thoughts and like what I should be doing. Like if I was actually a Razni. Like, there's a, a line in here that says motion at one of the magical items you gave them earlier. <laughs> so while I'm doing that, I, I, I'll motion at the air. And I think he mm-hmm. knows that that helps me get into the zone better. I'd really like to see that page of his notes. I think that would be really interesting to see kind of his his thought process. Or... It's neat. I, I feel like I question it sometimes if I should be listening to it first, but I... I'm an overthinker, and I feel like if I'm reading it and listening to it, and if I hear the way he did it, I'm That's going to make myself do it the exact way he did it, and then it's not going to be fun. It's probably not going to sound good. I'm better off mm. bantering back and forth with him about how I think it should be done. And also, I mean, no offense, but he's reacting on the way he thinks a female would react. That's true. So if I listen to the way he did it and I'm sitting there going, no, then we very well could end up in an argument where I'm like, a girl would never say it that way. Where if I just go to him saying, oh, if that was me, I would have looked you straight in the face and went, mm. And he'll go, okay, well, that sounds good. Maybe we'll, let's try this. And we end up meeting in the middle because I'm, mm. I'm a drama queen and we all know it. But in Arasni's case, it's kind of suited. Like it worked out that my reactions were like harsh. As long Mm -hmm. as I had talked about it first with him, like to know that that was the right moment to do that. So I I had more fun with this character, with Arasni, than McTana. Plus, I didn't have the the weight on my shoulders of having to do an accent, so... (laughs) Yeah, what was the the voice that you did for McTana? Because it, it's definitely not your normal voice. He had it in his head that she was like a Day of the Dead creature. So mm-hmm. he's like, I want her to sound Spanish. And I said to him, I was like, I don't know how well I can do a Spanish accent anymore. Because I, when I went to college, that was what I majored in. So arguably, I'm no longer fluent in Spanish. I will understand pretty much everything people are saying to me, but my ability to speak it has dwindled over the years. But he's like, I really want it done in a Spanish accent. And I said, well, (laughs) it's probably going to sound better than yours, no offense, because every accent you ever do sounds Jamaican. And he gets mad at me when I say that to him, but it's true. But so I did my best. (laughs) I'm like, that is not what it should have been. And they actually released it to... I don't know if they're part of Patreon or just a listener who speaks Spanish fluently <laughs> and mm. asked if it was offensive before they would release it because the last thing any of us wanted was to be like, oh, she's doing a really pathetic excuse for a Spanish accent. Is she making fun of somebody? Yeah. And turns out people liked it. So that was my version of a Spanish accent. 
it's a very nice voice because I, I think I had heard those voices first and then I met you and it didn't match. I'm like, oh, I was very confused for a moment. <laughs> yeah. And we had tested out a couple of other voices for Razney too. He, what's it called? The, you know, like the 1940s, like mid-Atlantic. Oh. That's the one he had in his head. And I just could not wrap my head around it. And then I waited too long to practice because I got really sick. And then I looked at him and said, I cannot do this off the cuff. You know me. Can we just try to do something in my more natural voice? And I think it worked out. I think so. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, thank you. It's, it's very good and apparently award-winning. <laughs> it is award-winning. And, and with that awesome lead-in, tell us all about the award that you got for Inspired Incompetence. I feel bad because I don't know exactly what it was. I don't remember. Um, all I know is he was talking about all these awards that they got nominated for. And just every so often he'd bring it back up and say, oh, well, you know, we made it to the shortlist for this or whatever. And I didn't really think much of it. I was just waiting for the, did you win? And the one day he said to me, he goes, so you remember those awards? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, we won one. And I was like, oh my God, no way, that's amazing. Like, no offense, but I was just like, they're not very well known. Like, do you, do I really think they're going to win an award? That would be killer if they did. And when he told me they did, I was just super pumped for them. And then he goes, it was for your McTana lines, actually. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, I love that. That's amazing. I love that. That so, is amazing. Every so often, I like to just be like, oh, you know that award that I won you? <sighs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I don't see that on the Inspired Incompetence website as I'm looking right now. Oh, no. I didn't get they credited didn't for that. didn't even bother to post your... Well, I think it I'm, on I'm looking one. right now, and I, I don't see award winning on this, on this page at all. They should put it on there. I mean, regardless of if they want to credit me, I really don't care. But they should definitely put that on there. Well, it should absolutely be on here. I, oh, yeah. Oh, man, I think Alex is, you know, he just, he needs to be reminded, I think. Oh, I will totally remind him to update that website. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Because people need to know that, yeah, they're unknown, right? They're Relatively unknown, but they yeah. legit won like a real podcast award. Yeah. I, I, it's definitely something that they should brag about, especially yeah. because it wasn't actually them that did it. It was their wife. I mean, they participated, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give credit where credit's due, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, and, and credit is clearly due. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was surprised because, like I said, I thought that haphazard accent I did was uh, it's a big reason why I don't listen to <laughs> any of the recordings I do. <laughs> so I was just as shocked as anybody. <laughs> yeah. Do you actually listen to the podcast or do you not bother? Because he talks about it too I much. I don't. I don't. I, he keeps telling me I should. And now that I've attempted playing Pathfinder again, I might. But for the most part, he just tells me about it. And we kind of have this weird little routine where if I can't, now this is not meant to be an insult, if I can't sleep at night, he'll ask me if I, I want him to tell me about gaming. And he'll talk about gaming until I fall <laughs> asleep. You right it out, literally puts it? me right to sleep. And... I'll fight it because he'll t be telling me something so interesting that I'm like, uh, no, 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 no. What happened? Because I'm like, oh, crap, this is actually interesting. I don't want to fall asleep. <laughs> but it's his voice, isn't it? His voice gets going and, man, you just. I told him that he should. I say that to him all the time. He should narrate audiobooks for that Calm app or like sleep app. Yeah, I mean, I although it's funny because I'll wake up and he goes, I wait. Until you're snoring like really loud and I know that you're asleep before I roll over and go to sleep. But I swear, <laughs> like 30 seconds after that man falls asleep, I wake up and go, why'd you stop talking? And then realize he's sleeping. And then it takes me a minute to process and go, oh, I fell asleep. And I'll tell him in the morning and he'll go, I waited so long. <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't he know it's his job to make sure that you, you know, are taken care of at every moment of the day? <laughs> He just needs to keep talking while you're sleeping so you get a good night. No, I mean, I mean come on I would now. agree with you. However, sometimes I do that to him when he has to be up in like four hours and I can't sleep and he still talks to me until I go to sleep. So, Well, that's just adorable. It is adorable, actually. I'll be sitting there fidgeting and he'll just, he's half asleep going, like just staring at me or he'll look at me and be like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable. I can't, my mind won't turn off. And he'll go, he'll, he'll hear him go, <sighs> Do you want me to tell you about gaming? <laughs> Until I fall asleep. <laughs> I'm curious if he has like a go-to thing that he tries to explain 
Or if he just kind of goes through the whole rule book. He goes through the whole podcast. Like, he started from the beginning. Apparently, we skipped all of book two because he couldn't remember how it happened. And he started me <laughs> on book three. <laughs> he goes, I just don't remember all the nitty gritty details. And I didn't want to be stumbling over myself trying to tell you the story. And I remembered all of this one. So I started here. I said, you know, in hindsight, I did feel like I missed something. <laughs> I do pay attention, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think you pay plenty of attention. I tell you, Alex starts talking and I zone him out so quick. <laughs> uh, you know, you're you're lasting way longer than I am. But I don't know he does how tell you make me, it through the podcast. He does tell me what happens like the day of a lot too. If something really cool happened, he'll be staring at me and makes this face and I look at him like, what? And he goes, can I tell you what happened today? <laughs> and I'll go, okay. Because I know that means that I have to pay attention. Like it can't be a, I'm laying down and I'm going to fall asleep or I'm going to upset him because he's really mm -hmm. excited about it. So I'll have to like sit up because most of the time when he does that it's midnight and so i'll have to make sure mm -hmm. i'm sitting up in bed so i can like actively listen to him because it usually is super interesting but the last thing i want to do is fall asleep because that's what we usually do when he tells me about gaming <laughs> i guess not meant to be oh, man. <laughs> it, it no it whatever helps you sleep <laughs> all right so are they sharing any of the sweet patreon money with you now that you're a cast member no that's just what? Mean. You are the award-winning voice of the Inspired Incompetence podcast. No credit, no money. I know. Honestly, though, the Patreon money was a big deal for me personally because it meant that I didn't have to spend any of my money on the podcast. Oh, well, yeah. So as soon as they started bringing in money, I was like, oh, my God, so if you guys need new microphones, we don't need to have a conversation about you having to buy a new microphone. You can just do it, and I don't have to worry about it. And he goes, yeah. Okay, here, here's <laughs> what I'm going to say about that. You're welcome. Right? Thank you. <laughs> I can't thank y'all enough. <laughs> I'm glad that, you know, our money spares you from having to have the same conversation over and over again. It really does. And well, I know it sounds ridiculous, but the amount of stress that caused me. And like I said earlier, I'd have to sit down and be like, well, it would cost me a lot of money if he was in a bowling league or if he was in a softball league. So in hindsight, this isn't that bad. But now I don't have to worry about it at all. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, I remember when the new microphones were, were purchased and I remember when I had my donation upping. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> my better half decided to uh, out-donate me to a large amount. Oh, wow. So uh, hopefully she stopped doing that. <laughs> Not because I don't want you guys to have money, but, you know. <laughs> There, there's there's a limit right there's just a limit to lord richter's pocketbook here <laughs> and blaming. let me be clear because she will listen to this <laughs> i realize that my pocketbook is only what it is because she brings home all the bacon oh. that's right you heard it here first lord richter is a kept man oh i don't blame you i'm in your shoes i am not the breadwinner <laughs> i mean you know you just can't compete with podcast money no I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah who can compete with podcast money i don't think I had anything else. Well, we still have one question left. Ooh, is oh, it the that's one right. Then? Yeah. Again, I, I'm trying to cut off your question. It's unintentional. My my question is, uh, when things happen in the podcast and fans react, does Alex say anything about that? Like, does he talk about what goes on in Discord or, or other at Twitter or other avenues? Yes. And then, uh, okay. I am part of the Discord server, but if I'm being completely honest with you, I muted it. So unless you specifically tag me or somebody puts everyone, I don't have any idea what's going on in there. It's probably for the best. I can't think of Yeah. I can't think of a reaction for him. I mean, he's very, very active on there, obviously, and he gets very, very excited over a lot of different things that, you know, you guys bring up. Or, uh, for example, today he sent me a screenshot of the early access chatter where my Erasmi lines got brought up and the reaction to it and was it's an uh, fyi and i was just like oh. so i mean the only time he ever reacts specifically to me tends to be if it involved me well right but i meant are there other are there are there any others that have anything else that's come up that he's reacting all excited to tell you about or even irritated or whatever that you know fans are talking about or is it just not that exciting to gm alex no everything's very <laughs> exciting to him and i think that's what i mean like he talks about conversations that you guys have all the time because it's just i don't think he could appreciate it more the amount of chatter that goes on in there and i will kind of poke fun at him because we'll go to bed and his phone's just gone buzz 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 i'm like what is that and he goes, it's Discord. And he always says it with a like, yeah, it's Discord kind of reaction. Because like I said, it's just the fact that it's kind of like a family. 
I don't think he, like I said, I don't think he could appreciate it more. So he talks about Discord probably every day. And that's why I don't think I could pick one specific event because I'll just look at him and go, what you doing? And he'll go, oh, well, we're talking about this. Or he'll show me like a meme that somebody shared. And then we end up in a 20 minute conversation about other things that people had been sharing or talking about or reactions to episodes that came out. And it's almost a daily occurrence in our house. So if you want to take anything out of it, it's that he reacts all the time because of how much he appreciates everything that people say on there. I appreciate that. And that I want to let you know that what I hear it is the more I post, the more I push Alex. Buttons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, cause don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's very, this is what's going on right now. And I've been saying this and now this and this is happening. And other times it's, Oh, so-and-so listen to this. And it's just, they're so excited. And you know, now I'm, we're swapping ideas for this character or it's just every day there's something. And it's just always, even if it is like a, he's kind of irritated by something, which is not often, it's still somehow positive because in the end, it's just like, he'll look at me sometimes and just be like, it's crazy to me how we have so many people that just listen to us and just talk to us in discord, just about anything, like even just posting random memes and just a whole group of people that came together because of the podcast. He goes, it just blows my mind sometimes. It's just so cool. I have that same kind of feeling. I've met way too many friends, and, and it's just, it's a great little community that they've built. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that they, they got you to be a part of it as well. So I got a bonus question okay. here. This is just a bonus question. This is not necessarily going to make it into the into the podcast because I happen to know this is a little bit of a sore spot for uh, oh, poor God. Alex. Okay. But in Skull and Shackles, mm -hmm. at one point, oh, no. there's uh, in the story, there are some, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out. There's some harlots, mm -hmm. some ladies yeah. of the night that are shipwrecked. And the madam is like, I don't know, 30, 35. And Alex's comment was, you know, she's 35, you know, past oh, her I prime. I ripped him a new one for that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was like, every single crappy oh, thing that anybody ever said to you about that you deserved and more. I said, especially because oh, I think at that point I had already turned 30. I was like, so are you sitting here telling me that I've only got five years? And then what, are you just not going to care about me anymore? I'm past my ride. Oh, my goodness. I rolled with that for a while, oh. actually. <laughs> that is so awesome because he, he gets he gets all chitty chatty sometimes. He's sitting there like making and his then face will right go. now, shaking his head going, oh, at me. No, oh, but legit, awesome. I said, what were you thinking? Because apparently I wasn't thinking. <laughs> did, did you happen to hear his latest War for the Crown? Oh, no. He doesn't really tell me about oh, War didn't. for the Crown. It's usually just tyrants. Oh, God. <laughs> I can only imagine. Well, if if you can imagine a situation where he dug a worse hole. Oh, my God, hole. a worse hole than that? He's over there I, going, I no. Thought so. <laughs> oh, this Mind is you, so he's good. sitting on my rower <laughs> right now, just like <laughs> shaking his head. <laughs> oh, you, you have got to ask Matt for the original okay. audio, and you can certainly go into the chat and see people I reacting should. to his commentary. He was, oh, poor Alex. He says he told me, but I maybe it was bad enough that I just didn't Yeah, while you were it. falling asleep, I bet, he's all, and so this is what happened in Tyrant's Grasp, and you're like, and then he's all, and by the way, in War for the Crown, he's I said He's claiming really that I agreed about, with him you know, on this one. How could I not remember this? I'm scared. Am I a bad person now, too? Like, I don't remember agreeing to something that could have been crappy. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure you didn't. I'm sure that this is some kind wrong. of a... Yeah, there you go. That's it. Get the original audio. Listen to it. It's like the Nixon tapes, the, the Watergate, Watergate tapes. tapes. Get them there. It's Alex Gate. Alex Gate. Is that what we're going to call all of his mishaps from now on? Alex Gate? Oh, man. That would be a fantastic little blooper reel. It? It's Alex oh Gate. Gosh. And then we'll just assemble these little clips of him saying these just... Just you guys could legit things. do a whole episode on that at some point. I think so. He's he's racking <laughs> yeah, it up for he's us. He's over there laughing right now. <laughs> I mean, okay, I will admit, I did get him to say all of the swear words that he used to open Skull and Shackles with in a list. Like it's yeah. like it's a five minute thing. You can listen to it. I think it's on Patreon for literally anybody. Some and of sometimes those it's were not even so swear. creative. I'm just like, what was that? Like he would tell me every week and what his opening was for Skull and Shackles, and I was just like, how how where did you dig that one out of? <laughs> I, I, he goes, I'm running out of uh, I'm running out of material here. <laughs> I'm like, I swear a lot. I'm pretty creative, and I don't even know what that is. I'm going. Okay. 
Well, can you think of anything else, Toast? I, I just had that one bonus question that I, I just had to know if you knew about. Yeah, I knew all about that. One. Uh, we, we again, we don't even have that doesn't even have to ever make it into the episode. I just wanted. Oh, to you know. can feel free to put it in there so everybody knows that his wife did not appreciate that. <laughs> oh, well, you heard the lady toast. What can we do? I mean, I was going to leave it in. All of the female oh. listeners now know that even his wife thought that was dumb. To be honest, I'm not sure they had a female listener at that point. To be they to be 100 percent honest you know oh we no, do I mean, now like that have gone back to listen to that obviously toast i mean i meant like who have since started listening to old episodes could be although nick was quick on that one he goes wow you just alienated like every female listener we have all like one of them <laughs> i mean toast how did that make you feel past your prime no <laughs> oh I'm, I'm 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 definitely that i wasn't at the time and i was just like oh i've got like a couple of years left that's good when i got onto the discord i this is one of the first questions I asked him, I think, when I got on there. It's just like, so you said this. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. yeah, I don't, I'll never live that down. He's like, I will no. never be able to run for office because someone will just play that clip. Yeah. And he made the mistake of telling me about it. So, I mean, he could have just completely mm-hmm. avoided it. <laughs> well, not really. I heard it and I was never, ever going to let no. him forget that. But I mean, him find, having me find out makes me occasionally bring it back up. <laughs> Like, you better bet the second I turn 35, I'm going to be like, don't come near me. I'm past my prime. (laughs) (laughs) Although he turns 35 next year. So I also have the chance to be like, oh, you're past your prime. Or is that only for women? Because I'm vindictive. Be careful. (laughs) All right. Well, I am done. Did you have uh, any other other questions, Toast? I mean, we can keep... uh keep chit-chatting away for a little while if you want or I, I just wanted to thank you for doing this it was very nice of you to give us an hour of your time i know you're i know i'm sorry it took busy. a whole hour <laughs> uh we just we kept no chatting. no it's yeah, i don't work over yeah the summer, no it's so it it's really, been great you could have asked me to come on at midnight and i wouldn't have cared thanks michelle for coming on we really enjoyed having you here thanks for putting up for our questions yeah thank you very much we were kind of a lot <laughs> uh, i guess that kind of does it for us this week And if you want to talk to us or come meet anybody in the community, the link can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. And again, this has been Lord Richter. Lady Toast. See you next week. Bye. So you guys understand our relationship now in a nutshell, that I'm crazy and incredibly No, you're not crazy. Like you are not crazy. You are wonderful. (laughs) And Alex is blessed to have you because you are attached to him in spite of all of his shortcomings. No, no. (laughs) He's going to listen to this and I'm going to get a lot of like eye rolls or all those cute little faces that he makes that I just love about him so much. All those adorable faces. (laughs) 